Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Berganti. So today we have an amazing mom on the other line, and her name is Shelby. How's it going, Shelby? Good, Ryan. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been wonderful chatting with you, and I'm really excited to share your story. And so you guys are from Pittsburgh. Uh, is that correct? Yes. And how old are you and your husband? Um, so me and my husband, Paul, were both 29. Okay. And so you have a, a young son. How old is your son now? Yes, he's going to be one on July 28th. Okay. So birthday coming up and, and you are on the show because your son um, was diagnosed with Klinefelter syndrome. And I, this is a wonderful story to kind of just hear from your perspective, being a nurse and being young parents. Um, so could you kind of get us started with kind of pregnancy and, and, and your story about your son? Yeah. So um, we got pregnant pretty easily. I think it only took like one month. Um, and then I knew like I wanted to do all the testing that they would offer me because I know I knew like if you find out sooner, um, it can help your child better. Like the more, you know, the better, you know, services you can get and help you can get for them. Um, so when my OBGYN offered me the NIPT screening, the prenatal screening, um, I said, yes, I want to do it. And then um, that actually, I was really nervous for it to come back, and that came back normal. Um, so, you know, we were all happy, and um, he said that they could tell us the gender from that. So we were initially going to do, like, a little gender reveal, and then he was like, well, the results are online. If you want to look look at it, um, you can find out the gender. So um, I told Paul, I was like, I can't wait to do a party. Um, I just want to find out now the gender. Um, <laughs> so my sister looked it up on like the little website where you can see all your results. Um, and she was like, you're having a girl. Um, and I, I actually was, I knew Paul wanted a boy, um, but he didn't really care. We just wanted a healthy baby. Um, but I like kind of felt like I was having a boy. So I was like a little surprised. Um, so then I had like an elective ultrasound scheduled for 14 weeks. So we got the NIPT test back at like 10 weeks or 12 weeks. And we originally scheduled an ultrasound to find the gender out that way um, at 14 weeks. But I was like, I'm just going to keep it so I can see, you know, the baby, um, make sure everything looks good and get some two pictures of the ultrasound. So on our way to the ultrasound, I was me, my sister and Paul, um, I think this was, no, I think this was still, still during COVID and she let us have my sister there. Um, but Paul was like, oh, you know, maybe it'll still be a boy. And I was like, um, well, don't get your hopes up. I mean, there's a tiny chance that I highly doubt that um, because the NIPT test is usually very accurate for gender. So we get to the ultrasound and the girl doing it is known in Pittsburgh as like a legend. She used to work at this big hospital downtown that delivers like a million babies a, a day and she was an ultrasound tech down there so she asked us she was like do you want to know the gender do you already know the gender and um I said I said we already know the gender we're having you know a little girl so you can tell us like you don't have to hide it or whatever and she's like okay so she started doing the ultrasound and within like five seconds I'm like looking at, at her and it looks like, like, she didn't look like something was wrong. She just looked like kind of puzzled, I guess. 
And then she started talking and she was like, are you guys messing with me? And I was like, about what? <laughs> and she's like, it's a boy. And we just literally busted out laughing. Like me and Paul looked at each other and we were like, what are you like? What are you talking about? And she's like, didn't you have like the NIPT test? And I was like, yeah, I wasn't because there's like that sneak peek you can do. And I guess it's not as accurate. So um, she was like, no, it's 100 percent a boy. I've never seen a more like pronounced like penis and scrotum. She said she could see everything. Um, so she was she started taking like she was like, don't get weirded out. But I'm taking a bunch of pictures so you can show your doctor like yeah, you're having a boy. Um, so I was like, OK, that's fine. So we were we were happy. We were like we were laughing and we were all happy. Um, and she goes, you might just want to mention it to your doctor also, just so they know. And I was like, okay, so I, um, I work for the same, I'm a nurse. So I work for the same company that my doctor works for my OB. So I was just my charting them. And, um, I said, I just want to let you know, I had an elective ultrasound and they said, it's a boy. Um, and the nurse that I'm like friends with now, she was like, no, no, it's a girl. Unfortunately, genetics isn't wrong. Um, and I was like, no, I was like, no, it's a boy. So I attached pictures and then my doctor called me and he was like, yeah, that's a hundred percent a boy. Um, so he's like, and then he just started, you know, like he wasn't really concerned. He just said that's super weird that it was wrong. He's only seen it. Um, one other time when a woman had twins and then one of the twins, unfortunately, you know, didn't make it like it, um, absorbed. And then she ended up just having a girl baby. So, um, so he just said, that's really weird, but maybe it was just wrong. And I think they reached out to the, um, screening people and they said that there was nothing like, you know, shady, like they didn't put in the wrong thing. They, they, it came up as a girl. Um, so then anyway, so then we just, you know, forgot about it. everything was fine. Um, my pregnancy was, you know, super easy. I had a little bit of like borderline, um, high blood pressure. So, um, they were telling me I was probably going to get induced at either like 37 weeks or 38 weeks. So I got a couple ultrasounds, but everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. Um, so then I had Paxton, um, in July and labor went good too. <laughs> I only pushed for like 30 minutes. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was easy. That was all easy. Um, so, and Paxton came out and his cry wasn't really strong. Um, so they just said, you know what? I mean, like his scores were good and everything. So they weren't worried about that, but I noticed his cry when he came out, I didn't think it was like really forceful. So I, got a little nervous for a second but they said everything was normal um so then fast forward we took him home everything was good and then around four-ish weeks three or around three weeks um I started noticing his left foot was a little swollen and um nobody else really noticed it but I called his pediatrician and I'm like I was like his you know his foot's a little bit swollen do I need to like do anything? And they were like, no, he's probably just um, like holding on to a little bit of fluid. And then they said, if it gets worse or red or anything to come in. Um, so the next day I brought him into the pediatrician office because I thought it was a tiny bit like pink. Um, so I brought him in and then they were also puzzled there. They, 
he wasn't he's such a good baby and he wasn't showing any signs of like an infection um he didn't have any fevers he was still eating he hardly ever cries he's so easy he was like being his normal <laughs> self so, so everything's been um uh like just happened weirdly um so far so i brought him in and they were like uh his oxygen levels were normal so they made sure his heart was like getting blood flow everywhere so that wasn't the reason for the swelling or anything and he wasn't showing normal signs of infection so they weren't worried about that um so the doctor was like i'm gonna go sit in my office for a little bit just stay here and let me think about this so i was like okay so i'm like sitting there like what is wrong like why doesn't anybody know what this is so um so they sent us home and they just said give us an update um this was a friday so they said call us on a monday if it's getting worse we're probably going to have you go to the emergency room um and they thought maybe like it was a bug bite because i take him on walks um so but they they were confused so um it got worse It, it still was pretty mild but then it started getting more swollen and a little bit red so we went to the emergency room um and we went to children's hospital of pittsburgh which is a pretty i actually used to work there but it's it's an amazing hospital um and they do like everything so we get there me and paul and the baby and they're like we're gonna take an x-ray we're gonna do an ultrasound see if there's like a fracture or what's happening in there because he wasn't showing signs of infection or being sick um so me and Paul are like, oh, my gosh, like, what if he broke a bone in there? Like, we, we didn't even realize he broke something. So we were freaking out. Um, and then they did it back and they said, uh, nothing's wrong. Um, they can't find anything. Uh, there's no broken bones. Um, he looks so good that we're just going to send you home. We're not going to do blood work on him. Crazy. Um, so they sent us home. Uh, and then I read the ultrasound myself and it said, like, cannot rule out osteomyelitis which is a bone infection um and it said like swelling at at one of the bones in his in his foot so they let they um made a follow-up with an orthopedic doctor a bone doctor um and so we followed up with them in like three days um i had to call to make the appointment and the nurse practitioner there um you know looked at his foot and said, this looks like an infection to me. We're going to admit you to the hospital. So then we got admitted to the hospital. Um, they, I remembered some of the doctors I used to work with. So originally, the one infectious disease doctor said that, um, so it ended up being a bone infection. And the bacteria that grew was strange for a full-term baby. It usually happens in premature babies um, and packs, like everything was normal. So it threw the one infectious disease doctor off and she thought maybe he had an immune condition. Um, so then they, they started testing him for immune conditions, um, but everything was coming back normal. And then our, the one other infectious disease doctor said he doesn't think Pax had an immune condition. Um, but luckily we got um, sent to, sorry, Pax No, it's okay. No, all good. Luckily, he's pretty good. So he should calm down. But, um, luckily, we got set up with genetics because they were like, we're just going to send you there to see if they would do anything else. We don't want to miss anything. And I was like, yeah, of course, we don't, you know, we want to know, too, if something's wrong. Um, so fast forward to that, um, he got sent to um, the genetics doctor. And I was, like, 
scrambling to get a copy of my NIPT screening. I wanted all of the tests that were already ran to show that everything was normal um, because with the NIPT screening, they test for, you know, they test for XXY, they test for Turner's, they test for immune conditions. So I was like, I have to bring it because they already rolled out like a bunch of things. So I was like, they weren't sending me my results. I didn't get it in the mail. So I kept contacting them to please, you know, keep sending me it. Like I had this weird feeling that I needed it with me. Um, so I eventually got all the results. I bought at the appointment and I, I told them um, we were there to test for if you had an immune condition or not. But I told them my NIPT screening said that PAX was going to be a female and that um, everything else was normal. Um so the genetic doctor, um, she really wasn't worried about an immune thing either because he looked so good. So um, we had a discussion about like testing for that. But she said, I want to do a karyotype test just to make sure we're not missing anything. Um, just because your NIPT test was wrong for gender, which is kind of weird. Um, and Paxton had an undescended, one of his testicles um, were still up in like the, like a stack um, in his groin, basically. Um, so we... She sent off the test for that, um, and then we had to wait, like, I think it was, like, almost two months because of COVID. It took a little longer um, to get the results back, and then the genetic counselor called me and told me he actually did have XXY. His karyotype showed XXY. Um, wow. So then that's how we got the diagnosis. So I'm sorry. That was a no, big backstory. No, it's, 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 it. no, it's totally okay. It just goes to show you that something – as simple as a foot infection that, or something that didn't look right. And then the back and forth between the ER and doctors. And then like three months, obviously COVID has made things a lot more difficult, but it, the, the, it sounds like a lot, like a lot of the moms that find out later on, you know, they're constantly having to advocate to try to find like what they, they know something's there, but they're like, Oh, we don't know what it is. And we keep being told it's you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. And then here you are with um, finding that's such an incredible, crazy way to find out that your son yeah. has a genetic condition. And um, so, yeah, and I'm I mean, I'm actually happy it happened that way. Like I said, I think the NIPT tests are important because you can find out things and, you know, help your baby if, if needed. And the, the sooner you get help, the better and the better the outcome. So that's why I want to do it. And then unfortunately, my test said everything was normal. Um, so I'm glad I just didn't want him to have a bone infection, but luckily he's, everything's good with that now. Um, and we found out this diagnosis, which we're happy to know. And so, so we can be on the alert of things. Once you found out Kleinfelder syndrome, right? You're a nurse. So mm-hmm. did you yeah. learn about that in school? Did you remember that? Or, or was it like, did you instantly go to Google or, or what was your kind of, mm-hmm. how did you guys, how did you and your husband, um, interpret that diagnosis? Yeah, so I actually, I do not really remember learning about it in um, nursing school. So I think I remember like, like, like a five minute discussion on like sex chromosomes and like genetic problems um, when we were doing like our OB rotation um, and our pediatric rotation, which um, as like nurses know, you don't get a long period of that. It's mostly just adults and not, you don't get a lot of time with the specialties. Um, so I think I vaguely remember like a, a guy with like, you know, some like man boobs, like uh, gynecomastia. Um, I think I remember that being up on the screen, but then we like went over it so fast. So I do think I remember it a little bit. 
um, but they don't go into it at all. So I actually went to Google. I um, I didn't know anything about it hardly. I really couldn't remember anything. Um, and I, I, yeah, and like being a nurse, you think you would, you know, know that. But I, yeah, I don't remember it at all. And I ran to Google and I, the worst part I thought was the infertility. Um, I mean, I was pretty upset. Like I, you know, I cried when the genetic counselor told me. Um, and then my husband came home and he was actually the calm one and was like, everything's going to be fine. He's fine. He's healthy. Doesn't affect life expectancy. And my family came over and, you know, we were all, we were just sad because like, you know, you, you weren't expecting it. Um, so it was, it was a real shock to us, but, um, yeah, I, I remember the infertility part and Google was just basically telling us, you know, bad things. There wasn't many positives um and then my husband like when he came from home from work he found you ryan um and he's like look look at ryan's videos like it's just everything's fine <laughs> and i was like yeah and i was like and i actually think i remember saying like well he's probably mosaic because mosaic usually is um i don't know a ton about it but i think mosaic's usually like less symptoms they say not that they know a lot about any of the xxy um and then Paul was like, no, he has fine filters. He's non-mosaic. And we just started watching, like, all your videos and going to your website. And then, I mean, we felt better pretty, you know, pretty quickly. Like, um, so, yeah, so that's how we found it. We ran to Google. And then, luckily, I didn't come across you, but my husband did. And then once we saw, like, your positive, like, the positives and, like, men older that have it, then we, like, calmed down and everything. But my husband was pretty calm from the start. I just kind of got, you know. Your, was, your husband had <laughs> your husband had the, uh, like, just the, there wasn't as much emotion um, with the pregnancy and everything that you guys had gone through. Very just, yeah. like, cut and dry. Yeah. Like, this is what it is. This is what is it isn't. Yeah. Like, he's it's, healthy. He's super laid back. Yeah, he's healthy. There's nothing to worry about. We're going to give him whatever he needs and, you know take care of him and we're lucky and we both were happy we knew we we are happy with all the diagnosis and now know like in case something comes up um so yeah he was in in the end we are very lucky we feel grateful you know that he has that because there's so much worse like especially we've been there's other stuff Pax has had like he when he had to get his antibiotics for the infection he ended up getting a like a clot and his arm so that was something else too that was from the IV line but like everything he could have had like he could have had these immune conditions where he only lived to 40 and now like that we knew he might have had that and we were worried about that this is like nothing um so there's so much worse like we're, he's gonna live a long life you know I mean he's gonna he might have some challenges but he's gonna be healthy and we don't have to like the immune thing actually helped us kind of calm down and see that it could be much worse you look at him he's like mom but, i want to i want to talk too you want to talk <laughs> okay um, um but yeah so that's that's how that happened so when i'm assu- i'm assuming that you had family supporting you through this whole process of of back and forth through the hospital and concerned family and when you guys find out that it was Kleinfelder syndrome what was it what was it like telling family and and was was there that support system there? Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, 
that? Could, could you hear that? That's the out. Paxton keeps pushing this toy and it keeps going off because it's like linked to the phone. Oh, no, I can't. Um, I can't but, hear it. Okay, good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we, I immediately, well, I, I was home alone with Paxton. So I called Paul and then he was basically on his way home from work. So he came home. Um, and like I said, he, he handled it pretty well. And then I called my sister and she left work and actually came over. Um, and then my dad came over and we told every, like Paul's parents too. And, um, everybody handled it well. Um, I mean, everybody's been so positive and, um, my sister was like, Shell, he's, he's not going to die from this. Like, I know you're like upset right now, but like, it's, it's going to be fine. So we've had we've been very lucky everybody has been so nice and um positive about it like I told all my friends and they started researching it um and they were like he's gonna be fine he's gonna you know live a long happy life and you're gonna take care of him and um you know they all check in on him and everybody loves him so yeah we we're oh go ahead no no I was just gonna say were you guys worried about telling family about the the genetic condition that you guys kind of knew just a little bit about and, and, uh, or was it just kind of like, let's do this, let's advocate for our, our son and, and, not, and not look back. Yeah. So, well, so I kind of actually like warned my friends, but not warned them, but I like told them what, what, like, this is what they're testing him for. He could have this. And then I kind of just, you know, called them or texted them when, when I got the diagnosis. Um, but we weren't, no, I, I was just kind of like, we're going to tell our, you know, like our close family and friends because they need to know. Um, so no, I wouldn't say we were, I knew my family would like support me and cause we're pretty close. Like we're all so close. So I, I knew my family and friends would just like help me and, and be there for us and nothing was going to change their view of Paxton. Um, so we weren't really, yeah, we weren't really worried to tell them. I think we more were like just scared because we knew they would be, they would like be worried about packs and they would be sad. Um, but I knew they weren't going to like freak out or think like, what does this mean? Or is he going to like be weird and different or, or what? Um, so, yeah. And I, I don't know. I kind of had this feeling that I, you know, I wanted to help and I, I wanted to tell people in case somebody else is dealing with it. And it's so common that, I mean, you never know when somebody's going to get a diagnosis with it. And all the people around me are all getting pregnant now. So I just wanted to be able to help people in case they got it and realize that, you know, this, this is nothing to abort a baby over. Like, like I, Paxton's just, you know, so p- perfect and sweet. And, um, but yeah, we've been lucky. We've had, we've had no negative outcomes um and how how is paxton doing it's paxton right with a p yeah p-a-x-t-o-n paxton and how is he doing from diagnosis till now he's almost one year have you uh, when it comes to you know quote-unquote milestones and and other things um have you guys done any like early intervention or or has have things just been kind of smooth sailing or have there been some struggles so it's been smooth sailing with XXY. Um, he's had, so that, like the thing with the clot and the infection and things like that um, were a little rough at first, but with XXY, he's been doing everything kind of early. Um, 
he said he started crawling at like six months, I think. Um, or it was even, it might've been like he started at the end of five months and then six months, like one day he just did it. Um, and he'd never stopped. He's all over the place. And then he is already walking. Um, so he's met that milestone. He started walking again, like the end of 10 months, but really right when he hit 11 months, he started taking steps. So he doesn't like fully walk yet, but he's, I he's mean, up. He's, he's taking steps. Yeah. Um, he says mama, dad, dad, and hi. And then I, he might be saying ass. I don't know. I don't know if baby say that or I could if I could say that on here, but he literally says ah and then like he's putting it together. So I'm not sure if he's saying that. Um but he's saying like several words. So the only thing I don't know about yet is the speech. But um he's meeting all his like gross motor and fine motor. Um how, he, he how actually was, does not have teeth yet. How was nursing for him? Easy. That's been, I kept telling all the doctors, like, breastfeeding is, was the easiest thing so far. <laughs> what about, what about sleeping and all that good stuff? Um, yeah, so sleeping. So I, he started sleeping through the night at, like, three weeks old. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, this is amazing. Like, I hardly lost any sleep. Um, and then I started, when I was on your pig run, I started seeing that moms were saying they're, like, the best sleeper. They're calm. Um, and then another funny thing I noticed was like, like I said, right when I had him and then like when he was like a week old, his cry was like the cutest cry ever. Like, it's not like loud and like obnoxious. It's like, it's like calm and like the the cutest cry. I even told his pediatrician, I was like, I know he's my baby, but I love his cry. Like it's the cutest thing ever. And, And all my friends are like, his cry is so cute. Like it's, it's not even loud. And he's just, it's just the cutest thing. So I saw a couple other moms say that too, that their cry wasn't that like strong and loud. Um, but yeah, he, I know he's been an easy baby. That's why we didn't realize he had an infection and all the doctors were puzzled by him because he literally is the easiest baby. He's so calm. He's, he's very friendly. Like I could pass him off to somebody like he just met more of my coworkers yesterday and he just, he just goes with them and lets them hold him. And he's, he's always smiling. He's, he's literally everybody mentions that too that he's just every picture i take he's just smiling so so he's just a really yeah, ha- really happy kid yeah yeah he's and i worked with kids like all my life like before nursing school i worked at daycare for five years and then um i worked at children's hospital for three years so um um so i you know would see kids like and um sorry somebody was knocking at the door but um Hold on, Ryan. Can you yep. hold on one of course. second? I'm uh, so uh, sorry. No, no, no. It's on totally second. okay. <laughs> hold on. Okay, Ryan. Sorry about that. No, you're totally um, fine. But what what were you asking me about his about his personality? Oh, it's well, just you know. A lot of what I've what I've noticed from talking with a lot of mothers is is that we're and, and I'm still this way at 35 that we're observers that that we like to kind of watch um, and and see other people doing stuff before we might do it and I know that at like yeah. a super young age that that might not be very visible or is that something that you've noticed? Yeah, so I actually noticed um, he will look at like paintings like on the walls um he like stares at them and then like 
we put like this little butterfly outside our house and when we take him outside now he always like his eyes are drawn right to it um and then he notices like his grandma watches him um so whenever she wears her hair up he like looks at her differently so like I noticed that um and then uh, what else? I, oh, when he's playing with toys that like make noise or they have like batteries, he turns them over to try to see where the noise is coming from. Oh, that's, he's, so, trying to, he's trying to figure it out. Yeah, he tries to figure out um, how things are working. I can already tell that. So I thought that was pretty neat that he does that. He'll like try to see like how it, where the sound is coming from. He turns everything over and tries to like look how it's working. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, he seems like, and then um, I have that love sack. We talked about that, Ryan, before that we always like nap, like me and Pat nap on it. Um, and he was like going off of it face first, like put, trying to put his hands down and, and we were worried he was going to like break his neck. So my dad was like, just show him how to get off of it. Right. So like I turned him around to like, like crawl off of the love sack kind of. Um, and I, tr- I showed him one time and now he does it every time like that. That's awesome. So you literally yeah. learn by do- learn by learn- doing. Yeah. Yeah. Learn by me showing him how to do it. I literally showed him one time I helped him and now he does it every single time. He hasn't tried to go back the other way. So I know I thought that might, yeah, like he's, he's really watching and he learns quick once you show him. So is there anything out there that, you know, you would like to tell, like, I know that you're sharing your story and, and, um, you're talking about your pregnancy and, and just your son's first year of his life and finding out that you, you know, you have a son with XXY amongst yeah. all the craziness that's out there. Um, is there, you know, some stuff that you would like to share with new mothers or, you know, mothers that are just finding out what like you guys did after your child is born? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I would love to talk to new mothers if they have any questions, if they want to see packs and I, I can show them, but he's, he's literally healthy and he's perfectly fine. And he's literally met all of his milestones. We haven't had any early intervention yet, but you know, even kids with a diagnosis or without a diagnosis sometimes need early intervention. Um, especially with speech. I know some boys can have trouble with speech, even if they don't have XXY. So, I mean, he's, he's doing everything great and he's, he makes us so happy. Like we just love coming home to him and, and helping him and, um, I, he's just been, he's just such a good baby and he's so easy and he's, he could tell he's so loving and cuddly. And, um, I just think it, it's definitely scary when you first get the diagnosis because you don't know what's going to happen, but just, you know, advocating for them and, and kind of just, um, cause I was a little nervous about telling everybody he has XXY too, just because, you know, it's his personal health and that's, you know something he has that um I think in order to get them the more help they need um like in the future if they do need help or the more you know health screenings they need if if everybody starts you know even the healthcare system if they start being aware of what the boys need and what can happen from XX having XXY then it'll be easier for them to get the testing done you know that can help them and can help prevent other complications from having from happening but like I mean I just you know I always think it could be it could be so much worse like this you know like it's you know and every boy every baby with XXY is different so far we haven't had too much crazy happen with the XXY but 
um, you know, just knowing how to help him and what he has can really help him in the future. And what else did I want to say about that? Um, but just kind of, you know, telling people can can help us bring awareness and help see, like, because there's not a lot of research, so not everybody even knows what they need. Um, I guess that's what I would say. I'm trying to think what else I would tell them. I think, that- but I, I mean, I, I love him. Like, I, I know he's my child, but like, he's just his personality, and he's so happy, and I just, you know, can't imagine not having him. I think it's about acceptance when you talk about how like, you know, more research and and telling your family and other people around you is you and your husband have accepted his diagnosis and you, you want to be able to provide everything and any possibility to raise more awareness for your son and, and to bring more to what, what do that does is when your family and friends and everybody knows about it around you, they support you in it. And what that can do is then, you know, if you were to do a fundraiser for a nonprofit organization or, you know, it brings more money to smaller nonprofits and then that turns around and impacts the community to bring more. And and it's that revolving door. And I think that it's a hard thing for newly diagnosed parents to understand. But Mm -hmm. once you're at that road of, even though your son hasn't needed any early intervention or any, anything like that, you're still advocating for your child. And your you said that your sister works at a bank and she's like, she's out there, you know, speaking for Paxson and being like, you know, and letting people know that there's a genetic condition that nobody knows about, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Yep. She wants to put her sticker on her car. So I'm going to give her one of mine and then um, we're going to buy some t-shirts and everything. But, but yeah, that, that reminded me, yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're open um, pretty much. um, But, our families have been amazing all the grandparents have been amazing um but yeah one of the both grandparents just mentioned like you know maybe you want to keep it private because that's his thing um but we are just trying to tell them that we we don't want to keep it private because in five years or not nine years when he starts understanding we just want to talk talk about it like that's you know that's him that's what he has and there's nothing to hide there's nothing to be ashamed of and, you know, we're just going to tell people when it comes up and like, um, but yeah, so I think people are worried about like, that's, it's your son and it's his decision to tell people if he wants to. And I know it's scary and you don't want people to judge you because he has something that's different from other people's genetic makeup. Um, but I think just being open, you'll, your son will realize, well, Hey, my mom and dad tell everybody, this is what I have. This is just who I am. And you know, that's what, that's how I made. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everybody has something, you know, you, your husband, family, everybody, everybody has something going on, whether it's, whether it's visible or or non-visible, we all, we all have something and some of us have more than others. And and some of us Mm -hmm. have one or two. And I really, I I really appreciate you taking time out of your day and, and, you know, taking care of your son with, with being on the phone and, and trying to, you know, be, be on this podcast. I know that you, um, you really want to, you know, jump on your social media and, and share even yes. more with, with the people that follow you. And, and, um, it's yes. a, it's a big, it's a big step and, and I'm, I'm proud of you. I really appreciate it. The, com- the community is going to be, 
you know, ecstatic to hear another story, another, another mom, you know, you guys are young and, and, uh, you know, new new generation of, of mothers out there, you know, making, making a huge impact for their kids. So appreciate that. And yeah, thanks um, fine. We wouldn't have did it without your page. So thanks for helping us. Well, that's what we're here to do is help. And, and thank you so much. Mm Mm-hmm.